0: What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's podcast, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It, and I'd love for you to also pre-save our upcoming release. It drops September 20th. It is a song called At Least You Tried, and it got picked up by a label out of Nashville called Skyfall Music Group. And it's going to be released through Sony Orchard. So it's a great big next step for us. So I'd love for you guys to go pre-save that. You can do that at our website, runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. Or any of our social media sites at runwithitband, at runwithitband. Again, all the places that you follow people out. On today's episode of the podcast, we have Clarence Copperidge. Clarence Copridge is a pianist, multi-instrumentalist, and an audio engineer working with artists and companies around the city he works to create an experience for the audience and the people he's working with. In today's episode Clarence shares a story of falling in love with music through the mentoring of his father and how that sent him on a journey to learn every instrument out there like like the french horn and all sorts of instruments is pretty cool. And now that love he shares a story how that love and determination has sent him on this journey of pursuing music full time. And he's currently backing incredible artists like the Royal Chief, Jazz. And uh, he's also hit the road with, run with it a few times as well. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Now you, so you, obviously, you know, behind you is your photography studio. And you're Mm -hmm. sitting in your music studio. You are a multifaceted artist, right? Uh, So when you when you look at like, like as you're reflecting on yourself, where would you say your main focus is or is it just creation in general?
1: Um, I would say I like to create in general, but my main focus is definitely in my music. Uh, that's what I try to like dive most of my time into. That's what I try to like build my name in. But like, you know, as most people, like it has to, when one thing doesn't like come to fruition at like, immediately then just right. kind of have to jump through and like say okay where else can I pull in some money so like it could be like you have multiple streams of income and stuff like that so that's just oh, like yeah. photography is just something that I just had my dad has always done it and then he was like he used to bring me to all of his stuff and like hey take this picture
0: take this picture and I just kind of like
1: I was like oh right, you know what this might be a thing
0: you know <laughs> that's pretty cool so your is your dad a performer as well
1: no uh he played saxophone when he was in school, but, um, he, he, um, like he's the one who like really like tried to get me like disciplined in music. Like when I first started playing piano, like he would be like, he picked up his saxophone again and he was like, we're going to practice together so I could like teach you discipline. And then that way you could see what like good work ethic looks like. So that way he could be like, yeah, let's practice our skills together. And then like, he would be like, nah, 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 nah. and i like, he was like, "Well, that didn't work." <laughs> but that's I mean, pretty cool, though,
0: that he picked it back up to inspire you to to do the work. Yeah, him. and
1: it's pretty cool. And then now, now, we write, now we write out stuff. Like I try to. Well, he tries to get me to write out some stuff so that way he can do for like Christmas programs and stuff like that. But you know, right? Sometimes you get a little bit busy. Sometimes I'm like, I gotta, I forget, you know. And then he yells at me, and I'm like, you know, what, we'll figure it <laughs> out. We'll figure it out.
0: It always works now, out
1: before, before the day of though.
0: You what?
1: I said, it always works out before the day of.
0: It, it all comes together at mm-hmm. that point. That's cool, man. So are did you get your degree in music? Like you're I did now. You did So it's all been like private lessons and teaching yourself and mm-hmm. jamming with your dad.
1: Yep. Pretty much. Um, Very I cool. did, I did like I did it in school. Like I, I've done jazz band. I've done like uh, I've done like all the musicals and stuff like that. But I never actually like went ahead and got my degree in music. I don't know why. Um, I was planning on going back because uh, right. I started off getting my degree in culinary arts because I was That's already That's
0: right. I forgot about that. I, I we need to touch on that too. But I I cut, I cut you off. You keep going, my man.
1: <laughs> no, it's like I started getting my degree in culinary arts, and my entire goal was like to like as soon as I get my culinary arts degree, then I'm just going to switch over to music and I'm going to like write it out with music. And then as soon as I got my culinary arts degree, like I started going to more and more school and more and more like training and stuff like that. And I just never went back. Yeah. You know? Well,
0: and that's, I, I think it's a struggle when you think about trying to live a life as, a, as an entrepreneur and a musician, right? You're building right. this business. And then the idea of strapping yourself with a fuck ton of debt, like right out the gate, you know, obviously, Yuri went through the culinary arts as well. It's I don't know. It it seems almost defeating in some ways where I've encouraged a lot of artists maybe not to go to school, it, you know, unless they can get to like Belmont or like Berkeley, you know, where mm-hmm. you're actually networking with the people who are doing stuff in the industry because uh, that's where I look. I got my music degree and I look back on it. I'm like the, the most helpful things I probably could have done with like getting private lessons and learning some audio engineering and those kind of things, you know, or a business degree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I did that same thing. Like it was like the mindset of like, I've been told by some musicians who have just been there like that, like the only time you really need to get music education is if you're going into music education, like, like if you're going to teach people, then you should get your degree in it. If you're going to do that, then you should probably get a degree in it. But like, if not, then you can just, go to lessons and go to lessons and pick up the skills and just learn how to read and then do that. And then you could just, if you're just being performing, like if you're just doing performances and stuff like that, then like just having the knowledge is just having the knowledge. Necessarily like going out there and spending all the thousands and thousands of dollars to get like the degree and stuff like that. It's almost like you're gonna pick that up anyway. And people told me that same thing about culinary arts too. Like I have this chef that I worked with that just didn't like me like out the gate, like because he was like, (laughs) He was just like, dude, like, all you culinary arts students, y'all yeah, think y'all know everything because y'all in culinary arts and we like, because y'all went to school. And I was like, well, I mean, it teaches you the technical skills. He was like, see, we just worked in kitchens. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've worked in kitchens. Like, you're going to learn the experience. <laughs> like, it's either you're going to learn the, you're going to learn all the skills and then get the experience or you're going to get all the experience and then learn the skill. Like, mm. like, right. either way is a way to do it, you know?
0: that's true and I, I think it does go off of personality because I think there's some people who are just they're very self-motivated because I think about I'm I, like as as we're talking I'm reflecting on all the classes I I went through you know in music degree and like I there's some people that won't dive in and do that kind of work on their own so they you know obviously like listeners if you're listening and you know that's your personality but you want to go that route maybe school mm-hmm. is a great option in, <laughs> in that regard but it I think it is like different paths for different people but but always, I, th- I think of school almost like an investment uh, where like if you're going to do a business investment, you just got to ask the return it's going to give you. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, could I invest less and still get a, a greater return, maybe get a greater return, if not the same return in that. Yeah. So now, and I remember I, I, so I forgot about that with the culinary arts because I walked in with like a Pinot Noir uh, to the show we played where you opened mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the Royal Chief playing keys for him. And uh, you got, like, excited. We're, like, breaking down, like, the wines. We were talking about food and your passion for that. Uh, One of the other bands was uh, he was almost certified as a sommelier. Is that what it's called?
1: Sommelier.
0: Sommelier. There you go. And so, yeah, it, it's like the Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir became like the centerpiece of this conversation of like tastes and flavors and cooking. As it
1: should be. Wine is always supposed to be. That's what wine does. It brings people together,
0: you know? Hell yeah, man. And then you showed up, you disappeared and then showed up with like three other bottles of wine. It's like, this is going to be a great night.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: I love it. You got two rock bands and then a rap group and we're all sitting there discussing wine. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like... I feel like that's breaking some norms there in in some respect.
1: <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta you know, there's there's just certain things that just bring people together, you know, it's music and food, like that's just what it is.
0: <laughs> now did the food was that like the first love for you, or was it the music when you were younger playing with your dad?
1: It was definitely the music. Um the food came like later on. Well, the food was something that was forced on me because like my entire family cooks, like all uh, of them, like down to down to the to my little sister like my grandfather cooked everything like my grandfather I remember like back in the day when my grandpa used to just like smell up the entire house just like have pies just laying around everywhere just like cooking all the time I never wanted to cook I just cook I started cooking because like my auntie just needed help like with her catering stuff and stuff like that and then and then like when I got into school I had like finished a lot of my credits early. So they was, I wanted to take all the leadership classes. Cause I was like, I'm going to learn how to be a leader and stuff like that. So that way when I nice. become a music director, I'll have all the leadership skills to like know how to work with people and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah. then, so like, I was like the one, one way I can do it is I can go to the career and technology center. And, but there wasn't a music course over there. There was like, uh, there was like carpentry, uh, firefighting, medical stuff, um, marketing way different marketing. And then they had culinary. So then I was like, well, culinary is the closest thing I got. And then like, I met my teacher and she was amazing. Favorite, my favorite teacher that I've ever had, like in my entire life. And she was like, she basically broke it down and was like, yo, like, if you take this class, like, honestly, there's no downside to it because like, if anything, you know how to cook, like, and right just knowing how to cook for yourself <laughs> is a skill in itself. Like, yeah, you can work in a restaurant or you could just know how to cook. Like, and that's just a plus in general, because a lot of guys don't know how to cook. And then like a lot of people in general just don't know how to cook. So like <laughs> now, so you true. know, that's just a life skill that you just have. Like, so now I know how to stretch food from like, I can make this spectacular meal with all this money, or I could be like, well, I got like 10 bucks and I can still make a pretty good meal like off of that and then learn how to stretch this and take that from here and take, like, it's just a good skill to have, you know? So I was like, all right, bet.
0: When my wife and I first started dating, she was appalled by the way I approached food uh, because like I would go to the store and I would buy the same thing for seven days for breakfast, the same thing for seven days for lunch and dinner. And it was like Mm -hmm. basic shit that it would be like eggs and sausage salad and you know like chicken or something and to this day like the way i look at cooking it's more like like last night i opened up a can of beans dumped it in a bowl put some spices in it <laughs> <and> microwaved it <laughs> and i and i cooked some chicken like monday and prepped it. And it's the same thing I eat every day. And so like our family, there's only one person out of the six of us that cooks great meals. It's our oldest son, but he's about to mm-hmm. leave for college. So we're screwed again. So uh, anytime, we wanted <laughs> to, anytime we wanted to eat good he was the one making the meals. In fact, there's times I started cooking, like trying to cook steak and he would just come in and be like, let me, let me take over because <laughs> he's passionate about it. And he actually considered culinary arts for a brief time, uh, but going in a different direction at this point. But, mm. but yeah, it's, that's cool though, that your passion for leadership actually led you into that.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to, to me, like I want I don't want to have the excuse of like, well. Like to me, like I don't I don't like to fail at things. I don't like to be bad at stuff. So like for for what I do is I'm trying, I try to arm myself with as much stuff as possible. So that way my excuse is on me. And my excuse is not like, oh, well, I could have done this, but I didn't have. Oh, I could have done this, well, I didn't have. Well, like now I have it. So the drive to be better, the drive to be great is like on myself. It's it's all self-accountability because I have all the tools around me to do it. So like, that was like, that's my version of like investing in, in like the skill is like, well, I just didn't know how to, so I couldn't I'm like, well, learn how to, you know?
0: Right. Well, and the options that are all around like that, that whole idea of learning, like our culture has changed it, you know, mm-hmm. where everything is literally at our fingertips. every moment. Right. Um but but yeah, that's so the leadership piece, though, I am curious about that. That's one thing we didn't talk about that night. We talked a lot about Pinot Noir and we talked in other wines. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, what inspired you to move towards leadership and and let what was it that let you know, like, that's what I want to invest in and learn and grow in?
1: Um, well... I don't know. My, my family has always told me that I was like a natural born leader, you know, like if, as most people do, you know, um, they tell you like, oh yeah, you're a natural born leader. You're going to be great. You can do all this other stuff. And I got like the big, uh, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, uh, uh, thing that was like, well, she said so he can walk and then Barack Obama ran and one day our children will fly. Like we got all that, all that stuff. Nice. But like, like, but like, I was the only musician inside of our church. So like, as being the only musician inside of the church, like I naturally took the role of like director, like the music director and stuff like that, or choir minister of music. So it was like, when I was like like 14, like it was just like, yo, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do any of that. So like, I just wanted to learn how to, I wanted to learn how to lead better because I'm like, in my head, like, if I want to grow and I want to build and I really want to do this as a living, like eventually I'm going to be in charge of somebody. And if I want to be in charge of somebody, I don't want to be in charge of somebody where like, I don't know, like where it's like, okay, I'm trying to learn how to lead these people. And it's like, well, I don't know how to lead these people. I just know how to do my job. Well now I have to learn how to lead people so I can be able to grow and do stuff. So I already had the role of a leader, like in general. So I just like wanted to learn how to do it better. You know,
0: that's awesome, man. I'm I'm seeing a theme throughout everything for you when it comes to music, when it comes to culinary, you know, arts, when it comes to leadership, you just want to grow and and do the best you absolutely can. I love that. I love that. That's right. Yeah. Um. And and it's true, man. Like the leadership is a skill in and of itself. And it's a skill that I think we all continue to cultivate. We can continue to cultivate if we choose uh, throughout Mm. our lives. What are some of the, like, what are one or two key leadership things that you've learned, whether through leading bands or in your classes, that that really stay with you, that really drive you?
1: Um, I've learned that it doesn't matter, like, what your skill level is or what their skill level is. Like, most people, if they're in it, they want to learn more. Um, and, and then it's just a matter of, like, learning how you learn, you know? Like, so, like, as a leader, like, I have to learn that. My little sister, like my my praise team, I always use that as an example. My little sister is the one who's gonna like everything's like here. Everything's like, let me learn the words, let me read this out, let me do this. Then I have another person on our praise team who like she has to listen to it over mm. and over. And it's not like, well, these are the words and you got to listen and you got to read it and you got to go down and nod that mug has to be in her ears and she (laughs) has to be listening to it and singing along with it and listening to it and singing along with it and sitting with it for a second before she can go up there and lead a song you know and then like okay now I got to teach you guys how to how to elaborate how to talk how to perform how to be in front of people like and it's not just singing the song it's going up there and being a personality and letting your letting your actual self show like and praise and worship is different like it's like learning how to tell your testimony, how learning how to be comfortable on the stage. And it's like teaching people how to do that. Like, you like you know, performing, like you can't really teach somebody how to perform. Like, you just gotta, you gotta do it. But like, it's like, how do you teach somebody how to open up and how to be more comfortable on the stage? So like, at first I was like, oh yeah, I gotta teach you how to perform. I gotta teach you how to lead. I'm like, well, I can't teach you how to perform because then you're just going to be mimicking me. Like, don't me, I want you to be yourself. So then like, it was more of like an adapting to like, okay, let me teach you how to be comfortable. So when you're, when you're, when your personality, because eventually when you're up there, your personality is going to show, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, whether you're playing, whether you're singing, whether you're, whatever your personality is going to show. And it's learning how to use what you have to like go out there. So it's like, one of the skills what I would say would be like, to like, learn how people learn. And then the other one is just patience like honestly it's like learning how to be patient and I am not I am I, I was not like the most patient person when I first began because I was just be getting irritated I'm like it's not that hard all you got to do is but I'm a technical person so to me it's step A step B like step A step B C like going down the line and like if you do all the steps then it's done you know not everybody does that, so it's like learning how to be patient, learning how to like, and then learning how people learn. That's like literally the whole entire, and learning how to talk to people. Like hmm. not everybody, everybody has different like personalities and and stuff like that, sensitivity points. Like everybody has different triggers, so like right. you can't just say everything to everybody. You have to learn how to tact. You know,
0: mm-hmm. that's, that's cool different. though that that focus of the individual, and like how do you inspire them and. Because I, I do think that's a, it's a different, that makes a huge difference between like a great leader and a, a poor leader. It's like someone who's just trying to push someone into mold as opposed to helping understand like the person you're working with and how mm-hmm. to help them grow into it. And really, I think performance is like there's tips and tricks, right, to performance. Right. But at the end of the day, I think any leap that I've seen myself and someone else make is centered into knowing yourself more and finding a way to communicate that through your performance and through your, right. Cause that way that's where that I way, think it gets powerful, you know?
1: Right. Cause that way you don't have to like, you don't have a, you don't have a bunch of like clones of your praise and worship leader. You have, right. you have a you have, all, you have a but well, they all, they all play like him. Like, well, they was like, well, that was their way I'm like, but they don't play like themselves. And it's like, so you have to learn, you have to teach them how to, be themselves otherwise like you get locked in this like this mindset one of like you're just a bunch of copies of the same person y'all sing the same y'all vibrato is the same y'all this is the same y'all the way y'all move the way i dance is the same like or like you can have like a bunch of like individual personalities you have a different you, have a, you change your own mindset the same way well this is not the right way like, I can't say like, this is the right way. Like, no, this is just my way of doing things. This is your way of doing things. And that way you have a unique sound instead of just a sound,
0: you know? Well, it'd be like, you know, if everyone who performed with Kurt Franklin, they all started doing roundhouses, you know? Like it'd just be, everyone would be like, "Well, oh, this is kind of weird. Right. <laughs> you what <laughs> like what, what's going on here? It's
1: like, okay. Cause,
0: Cause he's his own dude, you know? Right. And that that's what makes him fresh, I think in that maybe not so much anymore. I, I honestly don't, I haven't been in that world of music for a long time, but is he even putting out stuff anymore? Oh uh, yeah. He,
1: oh, okay. uh, he does a lot of, he does a lot of producing. So he's behind the scenes a little bit more now, but, gotcha. um, he's still out there and his choir is still, his choir is still kicking. So, you know, still,
0: yeah, the, they were, Pretty impressive, pretty damn impressive. So so for you, is a lot of your work centered in like praise and worship and and working at the church itself? Or is that a, just a component um, of what you do in the music it, world?
1: It's definitely a base. Um, there's like, I, I tell people like, to me personally, I haven't been to church in like two weeks. And it, it's, it's doing something to me, like to form like, it just doesn't feel normal. I just been, I've been on the road. I've been doing stuff. I just been busy or like we've had, we've had performances. Like last week we did, uh we did the Juneteenth celebration. So like nice. I would just, I was there from sun up to sundown, you know? So I just didn't, I didn't get a chance to, to go to church that week. And it would just like, you know, like, I'm like, it just doesn't feel right. So it's definitely like a base for me. It's where I, it's where I came from. It's where my music, like where my music, my sound comes from. Like a lot of people talk about, like when I play, like, whether I'm playing R&B or like church, like the gospel sound, those warm chords, that's whatever, is just in there. And then I feel like that's what makes me connect a little bit better to my music, like, because of that. So, and also like, it's also like, as mu- for musicians, a lot of it is like, ones that do get paid to go to church, like who do get paid for playing and stuff like that. That's my main, that's one of my main sources of income. So it's like, I try to like, make that a major part of my life, you know?
0: Right. Absolutely. That's really cool, man. Um, now uh TJ, mutual friend of ours, right? Uh word on the street is you guys played a show recently and he I think he said you were playing bass as well, right? Oh uh, yeah. Playing mm-hmm. some bass guitar. And I was like, he plays bass too, because like you were killing it on the keys that night. Um and but it and even reading your bio, a multi-instrumentalist, like what all do you play? What does that look like for you?
1: I play, uh, I play keys as my main instrument. I do play bass. Uh, I gig a lot on bass. Uh, I also play drums. And then like throughout school, like I was on like trumpet and French horn and tuba and like mellophones and sousaphones And like, so I just got thrown around the band room. Like when I was, when I was younger, like in my <laughs> uh, my my band director did not know where she wanted to put me. So it was just like, Hey, like, we're gonna start out, and the one instrument I wanted to learn how to play was the saxophone, and she would not let me do that. But like, why? Like, she gave you the I French
0: didn't... horn, but not the saxophone. Like what right, the hell? that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> I was
1: like, I could I could do it. Like my dad was like, you're not responsible enough to take care of a reed. But I was like, you know <laughs> what? And, and honestly, in hindsight, he was probably right. Um, right. Because I so lost no oboe up. in
0: your future either. Right. Mm-hmm. The double reeds I hear is even more intense.
1: Yeah, you got to you got to prepare for those things. And I'm like, I don't think I have that type of that. I don't think I had that type of mind to be like, let me soak these reeds. And then like, I'll come back <laughs> them in, in like five minutes. I'm going to lose them. I don't know where they're going to go. But, yeah, that's why I stick to the stuff that like, I just got to tune it real quick. And then let's go, you know, like, boom, right. Around. But like, yeah, like he uh like my teacher used to like throw me around like for like I started off on, on trumpet. Then I switched over to uh, French horn. Then marching season came through. So then I played the marching versions of those. And then she came to me one time and was like, hey, do you want to do like tuba's Christmas? And I was like, I was like, I don't know how to play tuba. It <laughs> was like, it's not that much different away from like from the French horn. Like most of the fingers are the same. So then like, then I learned that. But she was like, you get to play in the, in the, uh, what's the, the shell thing, uh, the one Kansas city, like, the
0: Oh, the conference should... center. Uh,
1: yeah. 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 We got to play there
0: and That's so like
1: awesome. i was like i was like she was like you get to play there and you get to like take two days off of school and i was like all right, yes. bet, right let's do it like we <laughs> learn how to play this for sure so then she gave me a, she gave me a tuba and it was just like bet so i was just sitting at home just like doo, doo, doo. And my mom would look at me like why do you have a tuba and i'm like she asked me if i wanted to play tubas christmas and so i just <laughs> had to like the two songs and that was it but like it was just always a bounce around like oh we need this for this song we need this for this song so then i just had a bunch of instruments like my basement like was just lined up with just whatever right. like <laughs> and that's it taught amazing. me how to read. and it also taught me how to read like bass clef that's where i learned how to like read better like so like it just kept building and developing like so it was just a bunch of brass instruments and keys bass drums
0: well, and it's interesting because it, it sounds like you started on keys, though, right? Uh,
1: I started off on drums. That's oh, like okay. my, that's like my like heart instrument. Like that's the one like I just play for fun. I never really took lessons in it. That's my oh, I want to have some fun real quick. Let me play drums and then da da da. Or like I'll nice. record on it. But like keys was like my main was my first like serious instrument. Like okay, I'm gonna learn how to play the CM. <laughs> that's the one that my parents put me in lessons for. That's the one that I. I figured everything out on. That's the one that will like base all of my serious music, but right.
0: When it yeah. seems like with keyboard, anyone who starts on the keys, it's like that unlocks everything else for mm-hmm. them. And I know for me, once I, I didn't start into playing piano until I was in college and cause it was just, I was forced to essentially. Um, but that's when I noticed like an unlock, you know, for yeah, picking definitely up like, almost anything else at that point. Is that how you feel?
1: I feel like I feel like that way. I also feel like that way because like it's like my main
0: instrument. Whoa, that was
1: scary. I don't know what that was. Uh, but like, <laughs> it's it was haunted. Like, Your studio's haunted, right? man.
0: <laughs> uh, I hope
1: not, jeez. Uh, but no, like it was also that's the first instrument that I learned theory on. And once I learned okay. theory, then I kind of like broke that down into everything else plus everything tunes to the piano. So it's like when everything's like, okay, this is concert C. Well, like, I don't have to like find concert C. I just, it's C, like, you know? And then like, but like seeing that I started off on keys, like, yeah, I definitely do feel like that, that opened up everything for me. But like, I feel like once you learn theory, because my friends, like they play guitar and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. they can teach, they teach me stuff all the time as far as different approaches to like different approaches to theory. But like once you learn your theory, like your theory kind of like opens up everything. That's so like cool. even when I played bass, I'm like, like when I start, first started on bass, I didn't know like any of the notes. I didn't know anything. I just knew like, OK, if I'm on this note, my if I'm on my four, if I take a half step down, it's going to be on my three. If I take two right. whole steps down, it's going to be here. So then I'm like, so now I'm just following numbers and reading spaces, you know? And then exactly. eventually I, like, actually learned it,
0: you know? But well, yeah. in that language, even the half steps, whole steps, like, it makes so much sense on the piano. And you can see it mm-hmm. so clearly, especially as the keys, like, like the actual keys, like going around the circle of fists or something where you can see it all, like, in a linear fashion. Like, I started mm-hmm. out on guitar, but I, when I think of music theory, I think piano i think the keyboard in my brain right. um and then apply it it's like i have to translate to piano and then come back to my guitar in that mm-hmm. now playing all these instruments uh music directing like i know you're playing in other bands as well uh the royal chief obviously playing for him um what for you personally what do you feel are your next few steps like what? what's the dream for you as you move forward
1: my dream is really to like i'm not sure if a lot of people know who like adam
0: blackstone is like
1: but like he uh has won award in grammy and grammy and grammy, and grammy hmm. award and award, yeah award i'm not after, familiar either off of, off of music directing he uh does, he's the music director for justin timberlake yeah he, uh, he oh wow Raider. he does drake he does he did the the uh the super bowl he was he was up there with the he was up there playing bass with them at the Super Bowl. Really? Like, yeah. He he literally Adam does,
0: Blackstone yeah. is what you said? Adam saying?
1: Adam Blackstone and he is literally like the greatest music director like to me. Wow. Like of like of our time like it's just like he like he's done that he's done the Super Bowl for like the past like like ten years or something like that like dude has Damn. been like dude is like incredible he started off with Justin Timberlake I believe. Uh, if, That's a good start. That's if, a if solid he, start. You know, if he's watching this, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but like but, uh, but like he he he's done like uh the he's done I, b- I believe it was like Sunday's best. He's done the voice, he's done the four, he's done like all those karaoke, all those karaoke wow. songs where we're like, oh yeah, this celebrity is gonna come through and sing this song. Adam, give me something. And all of a sudden you just see Adam over there just killing it, playing basically, like, and this dude is just incredible. So that that's literally my goal uh, more recent, like, like, before, like, I get there, like, I want to end up, like, starting my own band, because I feel like a lot of the stuff, like, I do, like, is, is just, it's just me, and, like, so it kind of makes it, like, it's great, and I love it, like, I I love the the freedom to be able to create and be able to do that, but, you know, like, anybody who, like, does something cool by themselves know that they can do something even better when they get with people, you know, like, so it's, like, I want to end up being able to start, like, a, like, kind of, like, I call it a tribute band, Like, I had one at one time, and then we kind of fell apart because, you know, musicians grow, and then they go on and move on in life. But, like, we go – but I just want to be, like – have, like, an artist, like, say, like, you decide to come out there. Like, oh, I'm I'm going to write a song. Like, I have a – I want to do a concert. I need a band. And I'm like – I'm like, I have a band, and then my band learns all your music. And then we, like, do a big live performance, and then we just Like a new
0: version of the Neptunes kind of deal where you're backing up everybody.
1: Yeah, you just – go through and like they, you just have you just have the music and then like this is my music i want to i want to create a show like not like mm-hmm. i just need to learn some music real quick like no i want to create a show like like where it's in the whole experience like i want all the live hits and the, all that like that's yeah. that's what i, I want to do like <laughs> so where, like the light like you have we have the band hits that go with the lighting in the, in the back and like bah, bah, bah. like that's that's literally like my whole like dream goal is to like do something like that I and love that. That's, that
0: takes over. <laughs> when we were in the studio working on, I think of some demos that never came out um, a while back, and the producer like spun around and he's like, "I can already tell that you're imagining fire and like crazy ass stage with like LED walls just for this one song." And I'm like, "Oh yeah!" Like in mm-hmm. my brain, that's how I see like the songs as they come to like fruition. And so th- it's exciting to hear someone else have that same passion where it's like, let's, I don't want to do just music. I want to create real experiences that people right. like. Cause that's, what, like, oh my that's God. what people
1: remember. That's what people remember. And I tell people that all the time. because like, if not, like, there's no point in live music. Like, cause other than that, I could just sit there and listen to your track at home. Right. Like, And that's perfection. Right. That's right.
0: 17 takes. We took the, Best little parts of all 17. That's absolute perfection. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if that's all you're there for, to like listen you want, to the album.
1: <laughs> or, like, that's why that's why people, like, that's when people get to charge. Like, that's why you got you got people, like, Beyonce, who can charge, like, $300, 400 $500 for a ticket, and you're yeah, still yep. sitting in the nosebleeds. But that's because when you get out there, you're going to see Beyonce walking on a stage, pulling out on a crane <laughs> with, some, with some wind blowing, a marching band. And, but, like, you get all of this like it creates experience. Like it's you sitting on the front row with your camera going like this and the singers going out there, the lights and the fire going out there and they're reaching that Like You got to create that experience because that's what makes people feel like they're worth going out to do, you know? So like my, and a lot of people, like what I figured out is like a lot of people don't know how to create that experience. So like, if you know how to create that experience, that's like, oh, you want to be able to add this here. You want to be able to add this here. So it's like, once you learn how to create that like that's that's all it is like it's all about the experience it's all about the environment that you become in that's what made the concert that we did so cool like I felt like it's not the fact that we all didn't just sit up there and sing. song. you was up dead, jumping up on tables and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I thought that I almost a- stepped on the bar, but I was like, I don't know if it can hold me. And I love TJ, so I don't want to break his shit, you know, like I just right. want <laughs> to. Yeah, so if,
1: you go, if you go up there and like, and, you, and since you do that, like you, since you did that, you jumped up on the, on the, on the, on the thing. Like, but as soon as you did that, guess what happened? everybody's phone was out everybody's like oh my god he's up on the table he's he's really performing he's really out here doing stuff instead of just like you could have sung your songs you could have sung the song and be like (laughs) all right guys thanks for coming out like no like it's it's all of that like it's it's what it has to be you know and that's when that's i was talking
0: to someone about that where like we have some songs that the the album version is like three minutes right Mm -hmm. three minutes 20 seconds something like that But then live, it's five to six. We have one song that's three and a half minutes. And once we're done building the show piece of it, like we performed it and it's about five minutes and we still have another piece to add to it because we're going to take it to another level afterwards that we're working on. And it's probably going to be eight minutes total, just that one song. But like with the with the idea of bringing people in, you know, and like Mm -hmm. that's what I love about uh, Jamel, the chief, when he's like that performance that you guys did, it was like, y'all are vibing together. You got that groove. And then the way he uses like the talking points to bring people in, like, and that's what I've noticed. Like uh, the Lumineers, are you familiar with them? Do you listen to them um, a ton? Not a ton, like, but I'm... great. So they're a great show because, and it was, what is interesting is they played sprint center. And I, I was kind of like, I love them. I love their songs, but I just didn't see how they were going to take their folk rock like, kind of chill music and make Mm. the Sprint Center hyped. Like, I just couldn't see it. But then when I showed up, they blew me away. Like, they're out in the middle of the crowd. Like, the lead singer is literally, like, running through the the Sprint Center, like, connecting Mm. with people. They did all these amazing moments and the way they crafted it. And then there was a really incredible moment where they walked through the crowd, the whole band to the center of the stadium. They had like a little runway for them, but like not above the crowd, like in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And then they get on this platform and the platform raises up in the center and it looks like a living room. They're singing all in around facing out. And it looks like they're sitting in a living room. And then they share the story of like touring for three straight years, only playing people's living rooms because they were just trying to get people to listen to them. Then they spent 40 minutes performing a bunch of their acoustic stuff. Like they were in your living room, and I was in the Sprint Center, felt like I was sitting in a living room with them. It was, and so they blew me away. But that's what I love. Like I'm talking about that now to this day, and that was like four years ago. And like my oldest son went and he high fived the lead singers. He's running by singing songs, and I was like, man, that. And it was right before we started touring heavy, so it like inspired us a ton to craft those moments. I believe it. So it's Adam Blackstone. Yes, is I'm going to check that out because. I, are you familiar with Tom Jackson? Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. Okay. So have you done any of his courses or like the book, like read through his book at all?
1: I have not. Like, okay. I kind of just like, I've, I've, I've heard the name. I've, I've, I've like looked up some stuff, like, but I haven't really like dove into it, like dove into like, like
0: who is. <laughs> right. Well, and honestly the dude, he's a great, he's a great like teacher when it comes to live performance, like Taylor Swift. Um, Not Ed Sheeran. Um, What's the other guy? God, Shawn Mendes, uh, Lecrae. Like, Mm -hmm. he works with all these, like, huge artists to help them craft. He's basically, like, a stage show coach.
1: And we were- He has a book.
0: Yeah, he's got a book. I got it, like, sitting. I thought I had it sitting right here, but uh, it might be in my garage right now. But, yeah, he has a book. Uh, It's really helpful. And then we were recording an album in Nashville. Happened to find out he had a clinic going, like, just down the road. I want it like their big, you know how they have the rehearsal where you can like rent a stage basically to rehearse a mm-hmm. show. And so we we pay just to like sit in and, and be part of that. And it blew us away. The again, so many great tips and tricks, but then also where he dug into like what you're talking about, like you got to dig into who you are as a person, as a, as a performer, as a writer to let that come out and connect with the audience. And right. yeah, man, it was, again, very helpful things along the path. Um, we use we use some of the same principles. We're switching things up though because I feel like he's more of a slow burn, like build a show, slow burn. I think our mm-hmm. culture is shifting so much because we have TikTok and even the way net like for example Netflix, right? Used right. to develop a story. Now they like if it's a horror movie, they start out with some like crazy thing where there's like blood everywhere and you're like, what in the hell's going on? Then they develop the story.
1: <laughs> right, like right, right, right. Where
0: where I I feel like. I feel like now from a performance standpoint, it's almost like you got to figure out how to grab him right off the bat. You got to, you got to hit him on on Have you seen Atlanta? Him.
1: Have you seen the show? Before? Not,
0: I need to, I'm a, I'm a Donald Glover fan. I love the guy almost everything he does, but I've not seen Atlanta yet.
1: Atlanta like starts off like, like dude is like just chilling there. And like, it was like, like he gets into like an altercation with some dude, like straight off the bat. Next thing you know, you're pop dude gets shot. And it's like,
0: that's where it starts.
1: And it starts there. And he goes, all right, let's show you how this thing happened. And I'm like, but <laughs> as soon as it happened, I was literally on the phone with my friend and she was like, she so goes, I was like, yo, what just happened? She was like, just just keep watching it. I was like, no, because, like, did I, I thought, because I <laughs> the first time I started watching it, I thought I started, like, I thought I started mid-season. Like, I was like, did, did I start off in season two? Like, Wait, what just happened? <laughs> like, exactly. like no, nah, that's just how, I, but you have to, you got to hit them hard. You got to hit them with something that's going to grab them from the attention. My, t- my, my piano teacher taught me, like, when you're doing shows, like, you got to hit them with something crazy from the jump. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like, and then you go through, like, the most important parts of your song are your intro and your outro, like, because... Yep. transitions, those, baby. Those, those are those day. parts that's going to catch everybody's attention because everybody knows the song, you know, like, mm-hmm. the time you're performing, so you have to hit them heavy. As soon as you come in, then you got to, like, play the song and you got to hit it, hit them hard when they, when they, when they leave because that's what's going to get people to want to listen to the next one or watch the next thing or whatever. That's what, that's a cliffhanger, pretty much. <laughs> like
0: Exactly. Well, and, that's, and so in that, that's probably one of the main things I disagree with him on. And But he's also coming from like 20, 30 years of experience mm-hmm. and a different kind of like culture than I think we all operate in now. But as far as like the meat of what he talks about, and there's so many like things in there that we still apply to this day. But that's where that was. He, he equates starting a show more to like a date where like you're on a date you're going to kind of like introduce yourself and slowly work into it. You're not going to come in and be like, Hey, let's get married. You know, like, which, which is a good, as a as good, a good point, right. It's a really good point. I just think, I think in this world of Netflix, like you explained like with Atlanta and the way like TikTok works, is like everything with our culture now is like, you better show them why they need to stick around. You better show right. them first, like the payoff almost up front. And then all you right. can develop the story um, throughout the show. So
1: you got about like ten minutes to get some. You got about like five minutes before somebody goes out and goes to get yeah. a drink, or something like that.
0: <laughs> well, and I'm it's like, like for all the performers that might be listening to, it's like uh, what run with it. We were playing uh, Boulevardia, you know, and mm-hmm. there's multiple stages, you know, and there's multiple vendors. There's beer everywhere, like different drinks. There's so many things to distract people, and it's right. like, how are you gonna grab people? and keep them at your stage for right, your, right. your 40 minutes you know so it's that's pretty cool man I well that, that's that's didn't chief oh, uh, go ahead.
1: didn't Chief do a feature with you guys for that yeah he
0: jumped up on that same song we did uh that night at kinship um, yeah yeah i'm i love that dude he is he's got so much in know yeah, all those songs like, that he's kicking out already oh, my and God. some of
1: the stuff that he's going some of the stuff that he's working on i, just, I can't wait like seriously yeah, that's exciting I cannot wait. Like I'll be, I'll be sitting Like we'd be sitting there. I'm actually supposed to meet up with him in like a few hours, but like he's gonna. Nice. but like all the stuff that he's, uh, all the stuff that he's been working on, I'm like, bro, why isn't this out yet? He's like, it's coming. It's coming. I was like, yep. yo, like, for <laughs> real between the two artists that I work for, like I, I play for him and I play, and I play for this, uh, I play for this artist named Jazz. And um, we're actually getting ready Jazz. to go to Essence Festival. I
0: think, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just trying to remember. I swear I've heard this, heard of, jazz. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, go ahead. A, she's
1: a she's an R and B. She like she does like R and B, like mainly it's like very like very like soulful like R and B type stuff. But she also like writes a bunch of different stuff. But she constantly writes and constantly writes and constantly writes. And they, can, they have that like they all they have that that repertoire that's just like. You see what you see now, like, but just imagine, like, what's gonna, what's gonna, what's gonna come through, like, later. Like, we're, we're actually, like, we're really excited because we're about to do like Essence Festival on the Fourth of July weekend. So, like, that's gonna be like, where's that at? Uh, New Orleans.
0: Damn, that's awesome.
1: So, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something cool.
0: Like, it's gonna be something real cool. New Orleans is a great town too. I spent uh, several months there. I, I love that spot. I've actually but, never
1: been, so like. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. The like food I've worked is in a few amazing. different like,
1: Cajun that's what I'm saying. Like I worked in a few Cajun style restaurants, like the where I've like been like one of like the lead chefs of everything down there. And I've never been to New Orleans. So like I'm definitely like I have a food budget that's like crazy and i'm about to just eat everything you're like you
0: guys like, are gonna have to like raise per diem because i'm about to eat everything here. everything
1: <laughs> like, like everything i'm about to be it like and look and one of her one of her one of her friends that are going down with us, she's also a chef so you know we about to just oh. we about to be tearing it up like the entire thing. you guys could I be like, nerding out on some food on everything. I'm like, I need gumbo. I need, I need, etouffee. I need, uh, I need the beignets. I heard, I, I want to try like real beignets.
0: Like that's literally like my bucket list thing. It's like a real beignets. And hey man, I wish I could remember the name of it, but there is this chicken place where all they did is chicken and fries and that's it. Small little spot. And they opened up at like 10 AM and they closed when they sold out. And they sold out every single day and I cannot remember for a life of me, but some of the best fried chicken I've ever had, is right there in New Orleans It's, it's yeah. It's so yeah, good. You're going to have
1: to, you're going to have to send that to me once you, once yeah, you remember that. I need to figure gets.
0: that out. Cause yeah, it's been a long time, but God, it was so good. I'm getting so hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, yeah, with with uh, the royal chief, that's exciting to hear. Cause I'm I'm excited to uh, drop the track we have with him, and it, it's kind of same thing where we recorded that back last year, and I'm about to get the the mixes now, uh, right. and we, we just keep pushing the release because I'm like I want to do some prep work, and it's like sometime you got to finally let it go out in the world, you know. But right. I I really believe in the song so much. I was like we need to make more we need to take more steps of getting a buzz going before dropping that song cuz i i right. feel i feel so good about where that thing's going to go i was real
1: excited when i heard it like when when he cuz he didn't even tell me he was just like hey bro nice. like, he's like he's like yeah man we're i'm getting ready to go out there i got to learn He's like he's like man i got i got i'm rehearsing the words or rehearsing the words i'm like we already played what are you talking about he was like <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, I'm about to go out there and all of a sudden I got out there I'm, bro when I tell you when he got out there with you guys and y'all was going because I was already cheating when y'all was out there when he got out there with y'all, <laughs> I was just like bro like my smile was just like insane I was just like yo this is like dope like and it's like the more and more like I see like him perform the more I see like you guys do your thing like I just see like dude like I you you know as much as you try not to put people in a box you like put people in this category and mm-hmm. then it's like Yo, like you just keep expanding and keep expanding of like the stuff like where you where you thought like that was gonna end, but it just didn't. It's just like okay, I thought you were gonna go here, but then you just kind (laughs) of (laughs) went. Well,
0: and that's I was telling the guys uh, after we were kind of debriefing our show, and I was like, what I loved is I felt like every step of the song just kept going bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. like, it felt like we were at a really awesome spot, but I still knew the chief was sitting on the side about to jump out on stage. And as soon as he jumped out, it just went boom. Like, right. It just popped it up to that next level. Like, ah, and that's how Boulevardia felt as well. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, man. Well, um, just to wrap things up, I got two more questions for you. Uh, it's been, <laughs> dude, it's been great to connect and I love that dream uh, and vision that you have, like for the future <laughs> of music directing Adam Blackstone, I need to check that out because that's what I'm, man. The Super Bowl, that was nuts. Watching if you've that seen uh
1: If you've seen The Greatest Showman, he also did that too. Right? That's
0: so my kids hate musicals. They can't mm-hmm. stand them. And they've watched that over and over again because something about the performances were just, I mean, that
1: was Adam Blackstone. That was him. It,
0: wow. <laughs> I got it all. I got all, all
1: more of the that. There's videos of him just playing all the instruments and everything.
0: <laughs> man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go look up more about him. So after this, so, but yeah, last two questions. Um, So right now in your life, how would you describe living a great life?
1: I mean, okay. So I would say like living a great life to me would just be like having like the freedom to be able to do what I want and to be able to do what I need to do. Like, so it's like, if I needed to personally, like say, like, oh yeah I need you to do this like my mom needs me to do something I'd be able to to be able to sit there and say oh yeah I can do that instead of saying oh I can't because I have to like to be able to take care of the stuff that the people around me need to do the things that I want to do when I want to do it instead of having to be like feel like I'm like trapped and locked into some box and like not have like not accomplish the things that I want to do like right with like just not be ideal but like to be able to step out and be able to do what i need to do to take care of the people around me and like provide that service if i if needed to be like that would be like me doing what i can you know
0: i love that perspective of the freedom as well as responsibility of like the freedom to do as you choose but knowing that you have the capacity and the resources to take care of the people you love like i I think that's huge man i love that um, so the last question on this uh, right now in your life, how would you define creating great things?
1: um it goes back to kind of what we said earlier. It would be like um creating that creating an experience. so like if like I can create something that I think is really cool like and like I tell people all the time like with our field, it can be kind of discouraging a little bit because, what's great to you and what's great to me is all it's all uh it's all a perspective it's all like it's uh i cannot think of the word right now but it's all it's just subjective. subjective there we go yeah. it's all it's people's opinions of what of what's cool but like if i can create what I, if i can create something that touches somebody if i can create something that that can give you an experience then like whether I think it's the most creative thing I've ever came up with, uh, or whether I think it's just like, oh, this is just something I kind of threw together real quick. Like and it's like, oh yeah, that's it. But if somebody's like, oh no, this is amazing. Like and it created an experience for them, like and it brought back some type of nostalgia or whatever, then I would say like that that's creating something like super cool. Like that's that that'd be a great creation because it gave somebody it gave somebody something to connect to. So as long as people were connecting to what you put out and what, to what I put out or what I try to do, then I feel like that's creating something really great. You know?
0: I love it, man. Well let people know how they can connect with you and check out what you're up to musically.
1: Um, most of my stuff. Uh, I don't really have any like music out, but like um, on my Instagram is it's Clarence Copperidge, just straight up. Like uh, that's where I put out all of my stuff. Uh I'm on Twitter, you know, I only got like 14 followers right now. So uh, if y'all want to- You guys like, got to
0: boost that up, right? <laughs> right. Right.
1: So like, if, y- if y'all want to follow me on Twitter, then uh, it's just like c Copperidge and then the number four. And uh, I think that's basically like anything outside of that, then I don't know. But as at the moment, like everything's on Instagram and if anything like boosts up from there, then it'll be posted on Instagram and then, yeah. That's where you can follow That's my
0: journey great. at. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to uh, observe the journey, hopefully be part of it in some way down the road, too. But uh, see this trajectory of building this dream, man. And obviously, like even like listener can't see it, but you got the you got the different types of studios behind you that you're already building. And yeah, it'll, it's going to be cool to watch, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create Podcast.